Welcome to How the Song Came to Be, where soulful songwriters share the stories behind their songs, as well as tools and creative practices you can use to bring your best songs or other creative works to life. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. I love it when there's no intro to a song. You just grab a listener and you're like, this is the first thing you hear. I'm still chasing cars, you know. Yeah. It's like, put the gun down. That's how I start Midnight Hallelujah. That's how that record starts. You hear, put the gun down. And then and then the guitar comes in on the word down. Yeah. So I just think that that's a powerful um, tool. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to talk to our guest today, singer-songwriter Jonathan Brooke. Jonathan has co-written songs with Katy Perry and the Courtyard Hounds, among others. She's also written for Disney films and numerous television shows, including composing, performing the theme song for Dollhouse. In 2014, Jonathan debuted her one-woman musical and companion album, My Mother Has Four Noses, at the Duke Theater in New York City. The show ran for three months to rave reviews and was a critic's pick in the New York Times, who called it both funny and wrenching. Formerly of the New England-based folk rock duo The Story with Jennifer Kimball, Jonathan Brooke has been writing songs, making records, and touring since the early 90s. After four major label releases, she started her own independent label in 1999 and has since released nine more albums, including her most recent, The Sweetwater Sessions. If you liked today's episode, check out my conversation a few years back with Jonathan in episode six. In it, we talk about using songwriting as a survival tool in hard times, leaving some mystery in your lyrics, and what you can learn about singing and melody writing from the way you speak. Welcome to How the Song Came to Be. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. Today, our guest is singer-songwriter Jonathan Brooke, and she's going to talk with us a little bit about her new album, The Sweetwater Sessions. I'm so excited. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you so much. It's great to see you again. It's great to see you too. So are you willing to start us off with a song today? I will try. I will give you my morning my morning version of this song. <laughs> awesome. This is how it goes right now today. <laughs> Perfect. This is called No Net Below. <clears throat> it's that I leap and then I look at all the chances that I took. I feel the air, but I miss the catch. So I have to swing back. My timing's all wrong And the letter is gone All I can do Is swing till it's all net below All I can do is Swing till it's all net below For the wind in the trees 
but we'll still find the song though the letter is gone it's all we can do is swing till it's all net below yeah swing till it's all We can let go And I'll still look you in the eye It's the longest goodbye I'll feel the air, but I'll make the catch And I won't swing back My timing is clear There's no net below Yeah, I'll swing till there's no net below Then I'll let go Oh Jonathan, <laughs> you're so amazing. I love that song. Thank you. I'm I'm proud of that one. And I it was one of those gift songs. It sort of descended out of the ether that I just got out of the and wrote on. Oh, so beautiful. That one little like chord, the way you do the chords in the break, it almost has like a little got a little bit of a gospel uh feel. Yeah, I was realizing this morning I like my entire career and my whole compositional approach is I've been obsessed with that for one that amen basically of yeah. that church of a hymn you know and I've I'm as I've been teaching songwriting lately so as I've been sort of re-examining my own composing and trying to explain it to other people I'm like yeah I'm obsessed with amen basically <laughs> oh gosh I love that it's just it's so centering and it's so beautiful. So I know that the Sweetwater Sessions, your new album, started as a recording masterclass. You conducted at Sweetwater Studios in Fort Wayne, Indiana, to yeah. show how songs evolved over time. And so this record includes some of the songs you've written over the years, some that fans know, and then some that maybe they didn't know before now. Is that true? Yes. Actually, um, one of them is from a, a Peter Pan movie is a, a song I wrote for Disney. And so some of my f my super fans don't know that I've written a bunch of songs for Disney. So, and this particular song is called I'll Try has been like my biggest song internationally. Oh. But like John of the Brook fans who are like 10 cent wings or like, you know, so much mine have never heard I'll try, which, oh. you know, still once in a while, I'll get a check from Disney that saves my ass. Basically. Oh, my so, gosh. Um, I decided, I think I recorded it first in 2000 or 2001. So I'm like, this song needs to be, you know, reapproached and reheard now. So that's one of the ones that, you know, I thought this would be really interesting because I don't know who in which part of my sort of following knows it. Right. Um, and then we did a cover song. We did a Beatles song. We did, um, oh my God, I'm so, I'm blanking on it. Uh, 
um, Hide Your Love Away, which oh, I wow. think is just a rocking fun song. And I, I tend to get so, sort of broody and moody and obsessed with darkness. And I just want to do something kind of right. rocking and up-tempo. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the, the song I'll try, I realize I should know this, was sung by someone else? Well, in the Disney I, movie, I did the American ver the, the American the English version. Okay, I, so it's me on in the movie, and then my song, a different production of it, is the end track title. So, like, oh, cool. I got double whammy on that movie. Oh my gosh, that is so, like little kids all over the world grew up hearing it by someone. You know, like uh, in. The French version is so funny because it's a singer that is so does not sound anything like me. The Norwegian girl who sang it in Norwegian is like awesome. She's got this that sort of Bjorkish, like very like throaty kind of delivery yeah. voice, which I yeah. love. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, there's like 20, 30 different versions in different languages. Oh, wow. I know what I'm going to be doing after our podcast today. You should listen to the French version. It's I so kind of like icky to uh, to me it's not it's not my you know it's perfect for disney probably right. but, but it's not your um, preferred style <clears throat> a little yeah it's a little funny for for me but again like beautiful translations and beautiful singers and the dana i heard the danish version actually i was on tour in denmark when i met the woman who sang the danish version because her husband was doing sound for my concert oh wow that's so what a that's so cool i know the coincidence Okay, so <laughs> I am fascinated by the idea of songs evolving over time. I know I've had a few of those myself, some that I've kept hidden and shared later, or some that I even put out on one record, then changed and put them put, put it out on another record. So I would love to hear from you about some of the ways that the songs evolved and if they changed in content or just production or mm. if it varied and would you be willing to A, B, a song that was one way in the past and is now a new way or a part of a song? Um, just kind of speak to that. Totally. Actually, well, I want to talk about two, if that's okay, but I'll just do a little brief one about oh, the of first course. one. Because, no, no. Um, so Much Mine, which is a song I wrote for the my band The Story, which came out in 94 on The Angel in the House, is a song that, you know, it's, it's sort of a, everybody gets that song and it's been a big song for me. And I don't have kids, you know, it's a mother daughter sort of lament, really. Uh, but it, it evolved over the years in in a really poignant way, because w when I did begin to mother my mother, when I took right. in my mother who had Alzheimer's and cared for her for two years, that song so much mine, you know, you, you were so much mine. Now I now I reach for you and I cannot find you mm. took on a whole other depth for me. Right. And and was was poignant in a whole new way. So every time I would sing it, I mean, I would get choked up anyway, seeing mothers and daughters in the audience and sort right. of telling this story about, you know, a mother sort of losing track of her daughter or maybe the maybe worse, the daughter runs away and gets yeah. on drugs, whatever. But this sort of new version of like, oh, my God, I'm talking to my mother. To your own but mother. But I'm your mom now. Right. And I'm, lo and I'm losing her and I can't oh. find her. And oh. um, so that was one thing I wanted to mention. And that's been really a poignant thing doing that song now yeah that new right. sort of gravitas to it right so it's really what's evolved is the meaning of it yeah to you right yeah and not like I didn't kind of get it before but 
I don't have children, so maybe I don't know that I could take a bullet for you thing, but now I know that I would take a bullet for you thing. Right, right. You know, trying oh, that's to so just beautiful. protect my mother who was like, had no idea what was going on. Right. Well, and for those in who are listening who maybe don't know, Jonathan's been on the on this podcast before in episode uh, six. And one of the things that you talked about that time was using songwriting and creativity as like a tool for survival in hard times. And it was also like <laughs> one of your tools, I think that you used when you were um, taking care of your mom. Yeah. And you also talked about um, letting the way you speak inform melody making and what else, leaving some mystery in your lyrics. So if yeah. we went pretty deep that time, it was a longer, we had a, a longer amount of time. So people want to check that out. It's um, episode six. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Too. <laughs> it was it was so lovely. So anyway, carry on about songs evolving. Well, then, okay, so this this new record, The Sweetwater Sessions, was I was trying to pick and choose songs from my entire career, you know, so I went back to I, I got the, the Disney song and I got The Angel in the House, which is a song that maybe didn't get as much exposure as so much mine, but it's a song that people really want to hear. So I re-recorded that. And then I thought, well, I have this song called Taste of Danger, which is rocking and fun and funky and it's on my Woody Guthrie lyric album. So one of my albums is called The Works and I was able to go into the Woody Guthrie archives and choose lyrics and pick and pick and choose like choruses and put cut and paste things from all of his words into right. a record of mine. But That's this so cool. one song is one that I wrote myself while I was working on the Woody Guthrie record. So this is a Jonathan song completely influenced and inspired by Woody. Um, so I treated it in a Woody Guthrie way, in in a sense, as I mm -hmm. recorded that record. But when I was thinking through to like, what songs do I want on this Sweetwater thing, you know, as part of this workshop, I thought, well, there's an interesting thing to, number one, to demonstrate to people who are coming to a recording workshop, but also for me to give that song new life, because I love that song. Right. Uh, so I... I decided to just completely reapproach it and I took it away from the guitar and the chunky chunky. So it started out like just kind of a oops, an uppity rockety song. So it was like I'm still chasing cars, playing in the undertow, barking at the stars, wondering where you are, thinking that I'll never know. I still play with and I'm hoping that I might get burned Toying with desire, teasing to the wire Thinking that I'll never learn Chorus Some things I earn Some things I steal Cause there's an angel on my shoulder But the devil's got the wheel I told the So you get the idea. It's just yeah. like a, you know, a folky, rocky song. And I thought, well, what if I make it moody, broody pop? Yeah. You know, what if I take it to like, what would, you know, what would Taylor Swift do? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that she would do this, but I was like, well, I was just messing around up here in my, my attic one day. 
And I just started. Super simple. Yeah. Like this sort of drony thing. Yeah. I'm still chasing cars. Playing in the undertow. Barking at the stars, wondering where you are, thinking that I'll never know. Still playing with fire, <laughs> and I'm hoping that I might get burned. Toying with desire, teasing to the wire, thinking that I'll never learn. Well, some things I earn, some things I steal. Cause there's an angel on my shoulder, but devil's got the wheel I told the line but then I fall <clears throat> cause heaven knows I like the taste of danger most of all danger most of all and then the band comes in like yeah. the drums come in and it's like yeah you know, it's more of just like pop rock broody moody yeah it's and amazing it was super fun. how much that changes it even without i mean i heard the first track it's the first track on the new album right or yeah also because i love okay here's just a, like a production-y thing i love the I, I love it when there's no intro to a song you just grab a listener and you're like this is the first thing you hear i'm still chasing cars you know yeah it's like put the gun down that's how i start Midnight Hallelujah, that's how that record starts. You hear, put the gun down! And then and then the guitar comes in on the word down. Yeah. So I just think that that's a powerful um, tool. So I try it. It really this. is. I'm it's still chasing cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like in the middle of it. We're not waiting for you to start. Like, exactly. you started. So then you're like, like, oh. Well, what's next? Wait, what is, what is she talking about? Like, yeah. Is she a golden retriever? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is. Yeah, basically, that's what she's saying. Wow, that is so, that is so, I'm just amazed at how different it is just with the, you know, slightly changing the rhythm. rhythm and yeah, the, and I, and I changed the key by mistake. I just, when I was messing around with it, I started playing it because I'm a terrible piano player. So I just started playing it in this key because it was kind of sad and moody. And I mm -hmm. didn't realize that I had put it down a whole step. Oh, yeah. What key are you in? I'm in F now, F minor, okay, but the okay. original is in G. Oh, okay, okay. And there's something darker about F. Yeah. And it's darker in my voice, and it's it's more resigned in my range. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Well, let's just go with that. It's really funny. This gives me all sorts of ideas. Like I I um I did a setting up for the Saint Francis prayer, and it's a very like prayerful, you know, piano. It's like. It's very slow, but I, I've always secretly wanted to set it to, to, to use the same chords and melody, but with like kind of a cure <laughs> drum beat behind it. And yes. like, I just feel like talking to you about this, like it reminds me that I, I can do that. Like, you know, like at some totally. point, maybe You're when totally my kids aren't being homeschooled and, <laughs> and we're not a I, coronavirus. Hats off. <laughs> like totally hats off to you, man. <laughs> like trying to do that. But um. <laughs> Yeah. So thanks for that, that inspiration. Um, you're so, you're so giving and you're so great at kind of knowing what you're up to. Like I'm starting this song. 
I'm singing before I even play the first chord, like those types of tricks. And I know you shared a lot of that last time, which is something else I wanted to ask you about, because I think I've been thinking about that phrase, like we learn by teaching or like yeah. we teach what uh, like we teach what we need to learn or the various variations on that. And I wondered, you know, through all your teaching, I know you taught songwriting at NYU. Was there anything like that you felt like was you know, out of your awareness or not front of mind or not conscious that became conscious to you about your own songwriting through through teaching? So much has become conscious in good, in really good ways and in really bad ways. Because, oh, interesting. Like, there's a part of it that um, because you're dissecting your own process and you're explaining it to, because I've been teaching these Zoom masterclasses lately, like oh, every Saturday. Oh, I saw that. Right. Yeah. So I'm getting super inside like, how did that song happen? Well, I don't, you know, part of me is like, well, I'm not really sure because uh, to me, it's just this magical thing and I got lucky and this is what I do for a living, right. <laughs> you know? Right. And then part of me is like, you can't say that. <laughs> you know, right. you need to sound more, way more official than that. You need to explain <laughs> like why that's a G minor seven and why you chose to go there from the B. And you're like, I, uh, I don't right. know. It just sounded right. I just moved my fingers around until it right. sounded right. So part of me is like, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And part of what I do talk about, which I'm really, really militant about, is that sometimes it is the very things that we think are limitations that are our absolute signature sounds, our absolute mm. strengths. And mm. so that's something that I've learned and has been reinforced reinforced about my own what I do because it is really you know I play the guitar the way I play it because I don't know how to play otherwise you know I never learned I never went to guitar school so I oh. just started making shit up I sing the way I sing because I never went to a singing person so I've ne you know I don't know how to sing probably correctly but I sing the way I sing and that's why I sound the way I sound and so my particular who I am as a musician is right. a product of my limitations, but it is my unique signature sound. Oh, wow. Um, so I talk about that a lot. And then, so the I, I mean, oh, I don't think of you as someone who <laughs> has any musical limitations. So it's interesting to hear that you were not like a trained, because as a piano player, I don't know that you're not a trained guitarist. So as you share, like, as you discovered that about yourself or as you came to realize it, or remember it did you do you notice that to be true for your your students you see specific examples of that where something that they maybe don't like about themselves is really their greatest attribute yeah well I see the light bulb going off I definitely do and there's this relief there's this sort of permission you see on every face you know you've got like 10 people on a zoom call and you just kind of see them going like what a great way to think of this huh I'm not going to beat myself up anymore yeah. about like, oh, I, I can't sing higher than this. Like, well, who the fuck cares? Yeah. You know, like Taylor Swift has really five notes that she's comfortable singing. Like, is she hurting because of that? Right. <laughs> so like, come on, man. Like, right. People just need examples of like. They do. And like, right. Bob Dylan can't sing. Right. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah. And there was one time, actually, this song that he just, ah, oh, this song he just put out, I think it's called I Contain Multitudes. It's just a genius tune. Um, 
And it's the production and his band. Like he's just singing one note for the entire song, basically. And it's wow. like a it's like a monologue. Yeah. And and his delivery is very conversational and it's wicked cool. And it's the lyrics are beautiful, but the band is what makes it wow. spectacular. Yeah. And um only Dylan could deliver it that way and get away with it. Yeah. Because right. it's a one note song. Oh my god! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, and I, no, I'm, I'm not to, right, and that I'm requires confidence. <laughs> no, of course not. No, but I mean, like, you know, there might be someone else in the world who would think, "Oh, I can't do this," but he's giving permission. I mean, he's exactly. Bob Dylan, so he has a lot, a track record. He's got but a track record. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a track record, maybe. Yeah. The the other thing that I have the no, the like the sort sort of like less good thing that I've noticed when I've been teaching that I'm teaching myself is because I'm now working a lot in musical theater I'm I'm writing these two musicals sort of one is front burner one is a little back burner now but there's a whole different uh sort of checklist of things you need to be thinking about when you're writing songs for theater right and so if you go back, like if I go back and look at songs from an earlier album of mine, like Plum or something, and I look at a song called Inconsolable, and I'm like judging it from musical theater, mm. um, Mean Girl on my show, musical Mean Girl, oh, musical mean theater. Girl. Yeah, <laughs> she's like that song sucks, man. Like you did not move the plot along. Like right. you're sad at the beginning, you're wicked still sad, sad at the at end, the end. <laughs> and you're still inconsolable and nothing really happened between verse one and three so like go back to the woodshed i see right so it's <laughs> like the the musical theater view is like you need to move the story along so it's uh-huh. fitting yeah right <laughs> so, oh so it's been really interesting and and good and i'm getting better at just talking about it and i think just noticing those things is is an education in itself and you know and you have to be I mean, as I think we all are a little judgmental of our earlier work, whether it's Mean Girl, Musical Theater Girl, or it's just older Jonathan and Anne, it's like, oh my God, the story, like Grace and Gravity, I sound like a gerbil, but it's, you know, you have to have, be the mother of those songs and, you know, love your children equally. (laughs) Well, it's, it's so strange because sometimes I want to say, or sometimes I do say, I would never write this like this now. You know what I mean? Like, for example, just something simple, like I have a song called Belly Side, where the chorus basically is in the same melodic range as the verse. And it's kind of the same melody as the verse. And I'm like, I would never do that now. But people are like, but I love that song. And I'm like, and I know love it probably too, right? Because it's simple. Probably right. And it's just like, so I, and and I know words, Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> same chords, same melody, verse, chorus. Right. Right. Listen to a song called The One on her new record and you'll be oh, like, wait, I oh, think my I've God, heard I'm that, a genius. But yeah. <laughs> I was doing better before I knew anything about it. Before I had any idea. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, that's why it was interesting that you first responded by saying the good things that have occurred and then, you know, yeah. not getting too much in your head about it. Well, I've given myself that assignment, actually, to like because I do. I love that Taylor Swift song. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why is that genius? Why do I love it so, so much? much? It's so simple. And she's meticulous about the rules that she's created around each melody inside her A, B sections. The chords are really not changing much at all. The production evolves a little bit, but 
that's its own incredibly hard thing to do is to make a song like that that is so regimented and like there are this many syllables the melody is exact each time yeah that is its own perfect art and i and i love it and i wish you know i want to learn that too yeah i want to do that too i love i love having assignments like that like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm wondering what you'll make from that i've i wanted to give myself the assignment to write a song like dynamite by tayo cruz (laughs) Because I'm like, I'm like, well, I've never written one like this, but I can't stop listening to this song. And it would just be interesting to, to like go down that road and like, just for fun and just like see what would come if I tried to write a song like this. Um, totally. Yeah. I think the assignment, giving yourself assignments is, can be such a great thing. Yeah. Because it, on the one hand, it's, it's freeing because you're like, well, this song doesn't have to matter because it's just an assignment. So right. it doesn't have to be perfect and it doesn't have to go on my next record. And it, right. you know, it's just, this is like, just for fun. We're just playing around. Flying. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what and I remember. Be, Sorry. No, great. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, because then it'll probably be great because you won't be like you judging the pressure yourself. off. Exactly. <laughs> well, I remember um, Steve Tannen was talking about um, uh, how him and Deb, uh, they make a lot of their songs that way just to like get get out of there like be like this has to be about like a pine tree in in the key of e or something you know and it happened in the 80s and they're like go you know oh that's and, great yeah and they've written a bunch of songs i don't remember which ones offhand that way and um yeah it was cool so all right let me ask you um kind of a big question now but i know you'll you're so articulate you'll be you'll be ready for it what what has changed for you you know we're in this huge you know big transitional time in the united states in the world uh with black lives matter and coronavirus and the ways we receive information and interpret information um what's you know in terms of your creativity and songwriting what's has anything shifted for you your approach or the way you lean on it uh what's what's changed uh, f- strangely, nothing has changed about my approach to songwriting. Um, I think what has changed is my relationship to my my followers, my fans, and this sort of passionate feeling I have of staying connected and wanting to give back. And, you know, I do these concerts every Monday from my kitchen, and, and it's been this sort of Um, sacred pact that we've made in a way like I'm going to show up every Monday because I need this for me (laughs) for my soul to exist um, to be trying new things but but to be singing each week and to have a destination and a theme and a set list I have to come up with and things I need to say to you all Um, and that has been the hugest thing that's come out of this as has that amazing response from you know you're singing at your laptop you know you're not getting you're not right. seeing these people, but the 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 overwhelming outpouring of support, and you go. I need this. Don't stop. I need you every Monday. Like this is the only thing I look forward to all week because this is a shit show. Yeah. Um. That has been like super sustaining. And in, in terms of songwriting, it's so what's happening is so enormous. It's like how do you write about that? And yeah. and I talk about this too in my classes. Is like the only way I can get into these kinds of stories is in a tiny microcosm of it. So in songs like Put the Gun Down, um, there's a song called Alice on Midnight Hallelujah that is 
you know, it's a it's a, a topical anthem. Um, there's a song called The Choice, which is kind of about choice. In those songs, I get inside a tinier story. It's a it's a writing yeah. from first person right. because I am not Woody Guthrie and I I'm not I'm not the person that's gonna write the next This Land is Your Land. That's just not me. And I think to get at something as riveting and destroying and awful as what's happening right now uh it's gonna be another sort of very personal song that will touch on those things and to me that's a more powerful way of of making a statement so i I am working on a couple songs of course i haven't been able to finish them yeah but um that's so my songwriting hasn't changed in, in any right big way yeah I think that's great um advice too not not that you're giving it as as advice you're just Mm -hmm. explaining your process but especially right now it's so much to process and it feels like even if you were even if you even if somebody listening is a songwriter that feels like they're more like a Woody Guthrie it's almost like you might need a little bit of distance to even be able to figure out what is going on you know I feel like it's all sort of in flux um I, you know, I just, I'm just sort of contradicted myself because <laughs> last week in my, in my live stream concert, I was basically like just joking around and this thing popped into my head about democracy, democracy, let's get clear about democracy. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, well, maybe we should all write a song together. Like, let me know oh, how you're feeling. So wow. I had, I've had people sort of sending me in like, you know, little verse ideas all week. So I'm totally, um, you know. Well, maybe it feels easier to take on something as big as democracy with, yeah, with a group. Yeah, it's more like a you know, fun like, song that like everyone can, you know, air their grievances and I can sing it for them and, and we'll all cry together. <laughs> um, so I'm going to hopefully stumble through that today somehow with these verses that people have sent me and then me just chiming in on the chorus like democracy that's really cool that's so cool staring down the barrel of autocracy (laughs) that's very brave and it's such a gift that you're doing that and making that space well we'll see i'm sure i'll get some trolls that are like just shut up and sing damn it you're an entertainer how dare you have an opinion yeah oh well I trust that it will be beautiful and meaningful. I've been thinking uh, lately, I didn't mean to go here, but here I go, about protest right. songs and how sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like, like, like what I like about what you said is you like to go into a tinier story, like mm-hmm. a, a, an individual or something. Is I, I feel like those are the stories that open people's hearts and can change people's minds. And if the song, yeah. it's like such a careful balance if the song is about something more general, like, let's get on board with this movement. It's tough because sometimes I've heard protest songs that just sound like the person singing is like telling you that they're on the right side. And I'm like, I, even if I agree with them, my heart feels closed. So exactly. Yeah. yeah that's sort of I a, agree. That's what, yeah, it's, it's such a fine line and it's, it can be so cringy. Yeah. If it's so yeah. boxy and strident. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so lastly, 
do you have any final final words for us about your record or anything? I know you have these Monday concerts. Anything that you want to share with people about that you're doing? Oh, boy. Yeah, the Monday concerts are my main dealio. I just finished up. I mean, I have two more classes, but they're sold out. My master classes. Um, That's awesome. So I'm kind of done with my master classes for the rest of the year. I do a couple of private ones for people who reach out. Um, but... What else? Um, what the hell? How are we gonna survive? Is my is my like every day? It's like okay, what what else can I do? Yeah. What else can I do? Because this yeah. is gonna be another year of yeah of like especially for musicians, what, right? There will be no gigs, you know, that right. are gonna be lucrative enough. Because even if live comes back, you can't fill right. your it's venue. like a third of the audience, yeah. right? So. No venue number one can can make that work financially. Right. No musician can make that work financially. So, what are we gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> and there's no more government relief coming apparently. So, wow, it's gonna be an intense year. It really is. <laughs> I know. Just closing words like so. Comforting. I Thanks, Jonathan. Like, so to bring <laughs> on that note. No. Um, we can no, still but write it's the right question. We can still write songs, and it is the right question. And I feel like, yeah. well, what's interesting about what you shared about, you know, giving these concerts is, I wonder, do you feel like, it, you know, it sounds like the community is strong, maybe almost as strong as, or even stronger than it were than it was when you were on the road. Do you want to speak to that a little bit, like the little gifts? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I am, I am just unbelievably like move to tears every week it because wow. of the generosity of and and you're right i mean the beauty of the silver lining of the pandemic is that people from all over the world are coming you know are coming to my concert every week basically so right. places i know like the philippines australia um amsterdam you know like all over the world they're tuning in each week and you know they have a front row seat yeah. And that's yeah. exciting and cool and and they're super psyched because they never dreamed that they would, you know, get these concerts every week from someone that they've maybe followed from afar but never right. had the chance to come see. So. Right. You wait for someone to come to town and yeah. now, yeah, you're so accessible. Yeah. That's so, so that's cool. Yeah. I know it's hard. It's like having that response, you know, sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to do an online concert. Like it just feels like a kind of a letdown, but having that, having that response must give you a lot of fuel to, to keep going and keep connecting. It does. You get used to it. It's hard. It's really hard at first. And I, and it's, um, it's not for everybody <laughs> Yeah, to, yeah, it's to not be for in everybody. this position. Cause it, it is, you have to, it's acting. I mean, it, it's like being an actor, you know, because Right, you have to like generate that energy because nobody's. You have, yeah, you don't it's see anybody. Even right. more energy than you might do if right. you're performing on a stage. Right. You know, you have to you have to like capture this attention and you have to keep it for that time. So you can't just be like, I don't know, like what do next. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna do. Like, uh, Should I play I this song know. or this song? You have to freaking have your show together. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> totally oh my gosh oh, bravo you that's awesome wait can you, you. Oh, say one thing about the themes before we go you said something about the themes you the have themes a theme? of my shows yeah. yeah i try to have a theme every week <laughs> 
to keep it fresh, you know? Like, for so, example? Well, there I have revisited albums, you know, mm-hmm. like performed albums in their entirety. So I've done Plum in its entirety. I've done Ten Cent Wings in its entirety. I've done, you know, stories, my favorite story songs. Uh, and then I've done like Truth or Dare. Um, was this song, is this song true? Or is it something that I, you know, assigned myself as a dare? Or is it like a co-write that that became something because we were, you know, told to go write a song for Alicia That Keith is or so cool. I um, love this that. This week is, um, then there was like, um lullabies there was um comfort songs you know mm-hmm. after after ruth bader ginsburg died it was like all right lullabies and comfort songs um this week is uh and this is before all of the friday's news uh this week is like songs that are apropos of the moment <laughs> Ooh. so that's why we're gonna In- debut democracy <laughs> Wait, is that today? Is that later today then? That's today. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Oh, you got you to gotta go, right? You got to <laughs> practice, man. <laughs> I got to go finish the song. I, I got to finish the damn song. <laughs> and then there's another song. I'm actually going to do a song that, a, a John Gorka song today that is apropos of the moment. And um, yeah, so oh, that's I'm, awesome. I'm and that, what time is that? What time are those concerts? Two o'clock central. Two o'clock central on Facebook? On Facebook and YouTube. Yeah. Okay, so check check them out, Jonathan Brooke on yeah. Facebook every Monday, two p.m. Yeah. Central. Yeah. I just one of the many things I'm reminded in this moment that I love about you and your music is, and I feel like it's contagious. Is that like it's not that you don't have that voice that says like that that mean girl voice you were talking about earlier, like oh this should have been better. Oh, like good. you have it, <laughs> but like you still like show up fully with confidence and like I don't know just. And that's that confidence is what kind of carries the day. And that is just Thank so you. inspiring to me. Yeah, I, I love that. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's don't, don't fall for it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you don't let the mean girl run the show. I mean, which I, you know. No, like, yeah. I, you know, once I'm, once I'm on the show, I'm like, all right, it's, it's, it's home or bust, you know, like, right. this, I got to do this thing. This is, this is my job. Right. My this job. is my job, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that professional. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. It's so great it's to have so you on the show great again. To see you, Anne. Again. Yeah, like, I really appreciate you doing this. Oh, thank you. And please check out Jonathan's new record, The Sweet Water Sessions. And um, there it there. is. It's so beautiful. <laughs> I signed a copy for myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you deserve one. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks so much. Much love.